This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Amen. Okay, let me ask you a question like, how many have ever had that moment when you go like, I feel so stupid? How many have had a I feel so stupid moment, right? Anyway, raise your hand, be honest now. We'll have an altar call afterwards, okay? I feel so stupid. So I, I had that moment here, oh, I think it was about two weeks ago, and it was just like, I feel so stupid. Here's what happened. So I had my, my phone, and I have my, my work stuff on my phone, of course, and so I was not getting, like, important notifications of work stuff that I need to get, you know, and I, I'd go look at it, and there would be notifications there from some, you know, sometime earlier, and I couldn't figure it out. I even went to our IT department and go like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not getting any notifications on my phone. Uh, you know, you do the restart, right? I did all that. Restart, reboot, um, search online, whatever, blah, 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 and on and on and on. And then I was looking at my phone and I noticed something and it was, I feel so stupid. I, I had put the do not disturb on. Uh, yeah, so I, no, thank you very much for your hand there, Seth. And, and so I go like, well, that's why. And so I, I just flipped that little button over, and all of a sudden, all my notifications started coming through. And I felt so stupid, right? But don't you know, like, it was in that moment, like, God kind of speaks to you sometimes, too? And it, I mean, he doesn't say, like, you're so stupid. I mean, I don't mean that at all. Um, but it surely was. He, honestly, he kind of dropped this thought into my head. It was this, like, and I, and I wrote a little thing on it, like, do you turn the do not disturb on for me? Maybe, maybe we've been wondering, well, why, why God aren't you speaking to me? Why, why, why do you seem so, so silent, you know? And maybe we have the do not disturb button on. So here's what I'm going to say. Like, maybe if the challenges of life kind of cause you to kind of slide that button over to do not disturb, just leave me alone. Why don't you flip that thing back this morning? Because I, I think God has a has something to say to us this morning, and he's already spoken to me, and so I want, I want to talk about something. I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about right up front, kind of like the bottom line up front right away, and we're talking about being people of praise, people of praise, or moving to I will. Can everybody say I will? I will, moving to I will, and I'll explain that a little bit more in just a, a, few, a few moments, but we're in this series called DNA, so we're just kind of like a little bit into it, um, part four. So if you've missed part one and part two and part three, you can go online and get that to gatewaynk.com or you can go to our YouTube channel and, and catch up on. But, but we're in this series and, and we're diving deep into the characteristics that reveal or should reveal themselves for every follower of Jesus. In other words, when people see you and they see me in the community or the coffee shop or the grocery store, or they, they know that we're a follower of Jesus because the characteristics and traits that we carry um, are marks of Jesus. And so we're talking about that. So here's what we've said. Our personal DNA includes and reveals characteristics and traits that we were born with. So I have white hair because my mother had white hair, right? And then I was born with that, and so that's the way it goes. Our Jesus DNA includes and reveals characteristics and traits that we are born again with. I thought about that all by myself. So we're, we're born with these traits, and we're born again with Jesus traits. Characteristics and traits that reveal 
who we are. And that's what we're talking about. So our, our launch scripture is from Acts chapter 4. It says this, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these two guys, and they proceed to go like, well, these are uneducated, and these are like common people, like, like the rest of us here. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. See, something, something revealed um, um, them to the others that were watching, something, something about Peter and John that revealed them as followers of, of Jesus. Paul in Romans chapter 12, now I use the ESV version to study from and so on, and on top of my Bible, Paul, Paul talks about what he says are the marks of a Christian, or these are characteristics and these are traits. Now, it's from um, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, and so I want to share it with you, but I just want you to be thinking about the DNA that we carry as followers of Jesus. Paul says it this way, beginning with chapter, verse, uh, verse number 9. Let love be genuine. He says, that's a mark. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, and love one another with brotherly affection. And then he says this, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. As a follower, that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. And then he goes on, he goes like, here's another mark, bless those who persecute you. Don't you wish sometimes there were some things that weren't in the Bible? Bless those who persecute you, bless those who are mean to you, bless those who don't treat you right, bless those. I mean, we all probably know what that's like, don't we? He says, bless them, do not curse them. And when we do, that will set us apart as a follower of Jesus. It will reveal our DNA. Rejoice, um, do not, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot there, isn't there? We could probably spend all year on, on that, trying to figure all of this stuff out. How do we do this? How do we walk this life out as a follower of Jesus? How, how, how about this DNA that we carry as a born-again follower of Jesus? These are the things that reveal themselves as a follower. And how do they reveal themselves? Well, that's what we're talking about in, in this series. Another way that we have, we have said it is this. You, you show who you are by what you are. So when you're out and about, um, you show who you are by what you are. They're going to they're gonna know. So week number one, we talked about um, the people of the Word, so that we are to be known as people who stand on biblical truth, and we carry that with us wherever we go. Oh, he's a Bible freak. She's a Bible freak. Oh, he believes the Bible. She believes the Bible. Yes, we do, because we stand on the truth of the Bible. Week number two, we talked about people of community, that there are things that bring us together, right? Lots of things that bring us together, 
but nothing um, of greater importance than our faith. And so that's why I often refer to us as a faith community, a church. We come together because our faith unites us, not because we are experts in any particular trade or, or um, we like this or we like that. It's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our faith. So we are people of community. And the Bible says, be sure that you gather together. So give yourself a hand because you're doing that right now this morning. So people together. So uh, then, then last week, Mario and I teamed up. We talked about people of commitment. So moving to a deeper level of commitment to the community through membership. And we go like, you talked about membership. If you were um, not here last week, go dial it up online. Yeah, yeah, we did. And that members are absolutely critical, especially today, I believe, because members help to create the guardrails around a faith community like Gateway to resist doctrinal drift. That you ought to stand up. You need to stand up. You need to stand with the pastoral team and say, we are, we are going to be right here and we're not going to sway from biblical truth. And we need you to help with that. And so we have a membership meeting on Commitment Sunday, which is February the 11th. More about that in the next, next number of weeks. Commitment. So today on week number four, we're talking about people of praise. What's it look like to be people of praise or to move um, to I will? A generous God has poured out, has expressed his generosity in so many ways, but in one particular way that I want to talk to you about, but moving to I will. The psalmist in Psalm 34, verse 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, this is going to be difficult for many of us when you talk about moving to I will, because the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at how many times? At all times. So that includes the times that you might be facing right now, because you're sitting there like it's challenging. Um, you've come up against a life, perhaps. Maybe it's your career. Maybe there is no job tomorrow for you to go to. You're not sure how the house payment is going to be made. The economy has really impacted you in deep and great ways. And you're like, Psalm is out, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so we could paraphrase it this way, like during the hard times, during the difficult times, during the challenging times, I will bless the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Um, during, during times when I'm not so certain, I will bless the Lord. And, and admittedly so, that's not always easy because there are times I find myself in this place like, okay, I will. And the I will is an act of obedience. There was some bad theology going around some years ago. Uh, maybe some of you remember it. And it went like this, like you, you praise the Lord for anything and everything that happens in your life. So if you've experienced a divorce, you, you need to praise the Lord and thank God for that divorce. If you're ill, you thank God for your illness. I'm going, that's bad theology because there's a difference between thanking God and praising God for and thanking God and praising God in. Are you with me? So we do praise God. We do thank God in the circumstance. And his praise will continually be in my mouth, regardless of what I might be facing today. So people of praise were to be marked by that. How do we move to I will? Living your Jesus DNA is a daily commitment and process. So that means like when we wake up in the morning and we're not morning people. So first thing I do is I get my wife a cup of coffee. And don't talk to her. She's on the front row. Am I telling the truth? 
Did she say sort of? Okay, I'm going to rewind a couple seconds here, okay? So anyway, um, well, sort of, yeah, right. And, and I, I'm a morning person, so I get up, you know, and, and I'll, just don't talk to me at night, okay? So it's, it's living, living your Jesus DNA as a person of praise, as people of praise. Like, that's a daily commitment and process. So many of you, to move to I will continually praise, I will praise, um, is going to be an act of obedience that is more difficult for you than it is for some, because for many of us, like, things are going great, right? This is, this is easy. And as people of praise, we become Christ's ambassadors, because when we live this life out in this DNA, something happens. People recognize you as different, like Peter and John. This is what's to take place in all of our lives. And, and Paul says, you're an, you're, an, you're an ambassador for the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5, therefore, we are what? ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Now, I don't know how many might remember, but years and years and years ago, when I was a student, like we used to sing this theme song, We Are Christ's Ambassadors. Is anybody, is there anyone who remembers that? Nobody. Okay, so, yeah, one, God bless you. Free coffee in the lobby afterwards, okay, um, for you. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We were just declaring that, like, we are his representatives because that's what an ambassador is, right? You represent a higher authority. So Paul declares um, this teaching following this. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So if you're in Christ, you're a brand new creation. Now you're his ambassador. So you represent him. This is what we're talking about, living out our, our Jesus DNA. We serve as those who have been delegated by Christ because we have. Our work in life has been assigned by Christ. What's the message that Paul talks about that has been entrusted to us? And as ambassadors, simply this, it's the message of reconciliation. So we have a message to the world outside that there's, a, there's hope, is found in Jesus. It's a message of reconciliation. You can be reconciled to God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. Ambassadors, each one of us, is to be recognized as a representative of the one we serve, Jesus. And so my question often is this, how are we doing? How are we doing at this? How are we doing living out our Jesus DNA in the world around us? Does this mean that we don't make mistakes? Of course not, because we all make mistakes. I made them this past week, and you did too. And, but, but our focus is on who Jesus is and what he's done in our life, and then living that out. So we're talking about being people of praise, moving to I will. What does this life look like? How is it that we are people of praise? In, in just a second, I'm going to put a, a word on the screen. And I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor online, like, do it in your home too. Um, and I want you to share the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? You got that assignment? Word on the screen. As soon as you see it, the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay, thank you. You are. Here we go. Here's the word right here. Generosity. Go. Generosity. First thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. You're talking in church now. Okay, so um, here we go. Um, Let me me see if I can, I'll just make some guesses, right? Okay. For some of you, when that word came up on the screen, you thought about a person, person came to your mind because of their generosity towards you. Anybody? Okay, nobody. All right, okay. (laughs) Strike one. 
Okay, number two. All right, so you, you witness an event of generosity. Anybody? Raise your hand. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, we got some. We got some, okay. Um, number three, he's going for my wallet, be honest. Oh, okay, honest one. God bless, God bless you, front row. Okay, so honest people are on the front row. All right, so here we go. All right, um, we must be short of volunteers, right? Nobody, okay. How many thought God? Nobody, really? Yes, you did. Okay, how many thought God? Everybody raise your hand. God, okay, that's what we're talking about. So um, let me put something up here, and here it is right here. Those, those who have received generously respond generously. Would you agree? Because generosity begets generosity. Our response to a generous God does not begin, are you ready? Um, with stewardship of our finances or time. See, I'm not, I'm not going for your wallet today. <laughs> or your time. Because our response to a generous God, who all of you raised your hand in just a moment ago, doesn't begin with our wallet. It doesn't begin with our, with our time. It begins with God. And how he alone has been generous to you and to me. Praising, being people of praise. Being marked by that in all of life, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the challenge, is lifting God up. It remembers who he is and what he has done and what he's doing in the world today. And it moves into every area of our life every circumstance, every minute, every moment. So we're talking about living your Jesus DNA as people of praise or moving, like the psalmist says, to I will praise him at all times. I will continually praise him. What do people of praise do? Well, let me, let me offer up some stuff. People who openly declare that without Jesus, where would I be? We openly declare that. It is true, isn't it, that there are times when that maybe slips into the background of our minds just a little bit, but people of praise openly declare that without Jesus, like, I would be, I would be nowhere. I would be nothing. I mean, you might be the best architect, the best carpenter, the best plumber, the best whatever, 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 but without Jesus, who would we be? People who openly declare the hope that is found only in Jesus. That's the only thing that we as a faith community have to offer this community here and there and everywhere is that there's hope in Jesus alone. That's why when you go to our website, it says experience community, find hope. So I tell people like you can find hope if you come in and you connect with really good people. That's not the hope that we offer. The only thing we declare is that hope is found only in Jesus. And thirdly, people who openly declare the praises of God. That's what a person of praise looks like, people of praise. Where do we see generosity of God that results in being people of praise? Well, I want to share with you two areas. And number one is in daily life. How many find it so easy to kind of go through the day and just really not see much of anything? Or maybe... Um, Maybe you, you, you find yourself more complaining. Can I use that word? Than anything. So God really spoke to me about this. So 
Um, I was born in another state, but raised in this state, Washington. So I've been around rain and drizzle and dark clouds, you know, like all of my life. And, and I, I just got to that point, actually not, not very long, I was so tired of it. You know, I was constantly co- complaining about the weather. Um, I love sun, and I love the clear sky. And, I, and then God really spoke to me. He really did. He's like, really? And honestly, I have, I have, I have done my best, and it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to move away from that place in my mind to thanking God and being that person of praise for all that he's doing every day regardless of. And, and the psalmist talks about this he, in daily life. Just listen to what he says. You, you make springs gush forth in the valleys. That would be rain. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys crunch your thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. Rain. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause grass that we mow to grow. I put that, oh, I put it in there, okay? Um, think about that next time you mow your grass, right? You, you cause the grass to grow. For the livestock and the plants for men to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted, in them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. I mean, it's just a description of God's blessing really in everyday life. And that extends into so many areas. And so if you're like me, regardless of the area, maybe that we find ourselves moving from this place to I will, you know what it takes? I just put, put up, it just takes a change of mindset. Like moving from here to here. I'm going to get my mind off of all these things I personally don't like, don't care for, and I'm going to put my mind on Christ, and I'm going to be a person of praise. What do you need to do to move toward I will? I will be this person. What are you going to do? Secondly, and the most important, the most, God's most generous act is in a brand new life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a brand new person, regardless of your journey in life, regardless of your past, regardless of whatever the depth of sin that you had fallen into, or maybe you received, like me, Jesus early in life, but you were still a sinner. It's a brand new life where God's most generous act He's extended to you and to me. And there's one word that describes the generosity of God. I want to share it with you. Your, your salvation experience and mine is right here. It's chosen. You were chosen. Have you ever thought of it that way? You were chosen. God chose you. Think about it. Chose me? Yeah, God chose you. That was really a bad person. God chose you. Nobody else wanted to be around me, but God chose you. You're chosen. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are what? So everybody say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
Listen to this, God's special procession. Have you ever thought of yourself that way? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have been chosen. You're God's own special possession. It's his generosity toward you and to me and towards the world. Now, let's, back, let's work backwards for just a moment, right? Out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Or from life to darkness. Now, how many have ever been lost in life? Lost. I mean, like, lost. Okay, me too, right? Lost, like you couldn't find your way, like you were lost in the woods, you were lost driving, you were lost somewhere, right? You were lost. Um, one of my most uh, traumatic experiences as a parent was taking my older son hunting, which I, I don't do, but I thought every dad hunts, right? So I took my son out hunting, let's go hunting, and I lost him. And he lost me. And it, it, I mean, like the nighttime was coming and, and it, it, was, it was very, I was afraid. I began marking trails. I, I kept calling out his name. I couldn't find him. I thought, great, I'm going to have to go home and tell his mother, I lost your son, you know, oldest son. That's not going to work out too well. And finally, finally, I still remember this moment, man, when I was calling out his name. And, and I heard this faint dad I can't tell you what that meant. I can't tell you what it meant to have been lost in the despair, thinking I'm going to be a number in a paper somewhere, and my son. And then then hear dad. I can't tell you the joy of that moment. If you know the feeling of despair, maybe a similar experience or maybe something different. You know what it's like to find your way. If you've been lost, you know what it's like to come into the place that you know the light. And and Peter says, you've been brought out out of the darkness like you were lost. He's talking to about being lost, not knowing your way. And then all of a sudden you, you come into the wonderful light. See, you and I were living in this world of darkness as lost people until a generous God was so merciful to you and to me and he brought us into what he des- Peter describes as his wonderful light. So we were this, but now we're this. We were lost, but he found us. He sought us out. We move from darkness into his wonderful light as chosen people. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and take the all out for just a moment and put your name there as a chosen person. God, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for Tom. Gave them up for Bob. Gave them up for Paul. Gave them up for Jen. Gave them up. Put your name in there. He gave his son for you. He chose you. He gave himself up for us all, for the whole world, one person at a time. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. And our response to that truth, our response to that reality is to live a life as people of praise. 
People of praise, understand the depth of the darkness and the freedom of light. We declare his praises because we know what it means to be chosen. Listen, we are all going to die. That's a good news for church, right? Yeah, we're all going to die. Some of us sooner than others, you know, um, who knows? But the reality is, if you live a very long life, um, you know, according to human standards, what are you going to be? 80, 85, 90, 62? I'm coming to your youth group on Wednesday night. Um, Listen, it's a short life. It's a short life. Anyway, but we will eternally be with him. We declare his praise because he, he's chosen us to be with him for eternity. Anyone ever been in one of those lineups, you know, where you, they choose you? Anyone? Like, remember in school? Or maybe it's a job interview or something, I don't know. But, you know, the, the illustration comes to my mind. It's like you're, 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 in, you're in school and you're, you're in this line. And the captain, right, who is always, you know, the perfect person, right, is choosing um, his team or her team, and you're in the line. Anybody? You've been there? I've been there like, and they choose, and they choose, and choose, and they're looking at your qualities, and they're looking at what you can offer their team, and they choose, and choose, and choose, and choose, and, and then you're the last person. And then, and then what do they do? The captains, they argue over, you take him. No, you take him. No, no, you take him. No, you take him. No, like, he's good for you. No, he's good for you. But on and on, on like that. How do you feel? Awful. Awful. But you've been chosen, see. And he lives in you, and his spirit lives in you, and his spirit lives in me to lead us and guide us each and every way. It's the joy of being chosen into a family. Ten-year-old Ivy. It was Ivy's 10th birthday when she opened up a present that would change her life forever. Ivy had spent the last three years in foster care and was overjoyed to find out that Paige and Daniel Zizulka would be adopting her. Paige told the press that on the first night Ivy stayed with the family, she asked whether she could call the couple mom and dad. And on the second night, she asked if she could stay forever. Well, Ivy finally had her dream come true. And the little girl's happiness as she finds out the good news is heartwarming. I'm going to be adopted? (laughs) And the good news didn't stop there. The couple also told Ivy that they were adopting both of her siblings three-year-old Kai, and two-year-old Lita, so they could all grow up together. How many remember the moment when you went, I feel so free. It's like, I'm not alone in life anymore. I, I know where I'm going to spend eternity. We have that, we have that reaction Because, you see, that's the story of every follower of Jesus. We've been adopted. Paul says in Galatians, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive what? Everybody say adoption. Adoption. Chosen as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of a son into our hearts and we cry, Abba, Father. See, you thought you were alone in life, but you're not. Because our Heavenly Father watches over us each and every day. The Spirit moves the believer to pray to God, addressing him as Abba, Father. You have been chosen. I have been chosen. We are God's special possession, a generous God who gave his own son so that you and I could spend eternity with him. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to move into a time of praise and worship. And we're going to express our gratitude towards him as people of praise. And I'm going to ask you, students are going to come down here because that's where they worship down here. So y'all come down and, you know, what you, you can join them here. This is not just reserved, you know, for, you just have to crowd them out, right? But this is what they do. This is how they worship. And if you come on Wednesday night, this is what you're going to see all the time. So I'm going to ask us to stand, and we are going to be people of praise. So move to the I will. Move to the I will. Let's put all of life outside. Shall we do that? And say, I will praise the Lord. We're going to do that. So, Father, would you just lead us and direct us? God, would you just remind us again, each and every one of us, that we are chosen. Your spirit lives in us, goes with us each and every day, every moment of the day. Remind us that we are your special possession, a generous God who gave all for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. All my life, you have been 